Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the LightningInsider.com podcast. I am Eric Erlinson from lightninginsider.com. Go check out my website, lightninginsider.com. Sign up for a yearly subscription. You'll be entered into a contest for a copy of my book, Lightning Strikes, the 2020 Commemorative Stanley Cup edition of the book. Uh, That offer is uh, alive as long as the playoffs are alive. So that might mean a very limited time now that we're down to it. All you have to do is just go to the website, sign up a new subscription. You'll be entered in the drawing. You don't have to do anything beyond that, and uh, you'll be entered into that contest. All right, I am coming to you after game number three of the Stanley Cup final. Tampa Bay Lightning win in Montreal by a score of 6-3. to three. They are now up three games to none in the best of seven series opportunity now on the line to finish off this series with one more victory and they will become just the second team in the cap era to win back-to-back Stanley Cups only the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2016 and 2017 Uh, have been able to accomplish that. You even have to go back to 97 and 98 to find the last team before Pittsburgh did it. That's why you've heard many times throughout this season, and especially in this postseason, where John Cooper has mentioned, you know, when talking about his team and the motivation and, and, you know, what you had to do here and, you know, how were they able to kind of get back into this grind, this playoff grind, And he said many, many times, do you want to be one and done or do you want to do something special? And that just tells you how special this is when Pittsburgh in 16-17, Detroit in 97-98, Pittsburgh in 91-92, that's it. Ever since the heydays of the Islanders dynasty and the Edmonton Oilers, those are the only three teams, and technically only two franchises, that have won consecutive Stanley Cups. And the Lightning have the opportunity now to join that exclusive club when they take to the ice again on Monday. Please note that is Monday. There's no games this weekend. So Monday at 8 p.m. is when Game 4 will take place again back up at Bell Center in Montreal at 8 p.m. on NBC, and the Lightning have that opportunity now to join that club to fulfill 
a legacy and after all the disappointments since 2015 and falling short and coming close and everything else to push all that in the rearview mirror and supplant themselves into some of the historic teams in NHL history. So how did they get here in game number three? You knew facing a 2-0 deficit, heading back home, all the history that's been brought up over the past couple of days in regards to the first Stanley Cup game in Montreal since 1993, the first Stanley Cup final game not to be held in the Montreal Forum, and you know, all the, the Habs history and, you know, all those cups they won in, in the original six days and, you know, some of their uh, dynasty teams in the 70s with Scotty Bowman behind the bench. And, you know, you think of some of those players, Guy Lafleur, Ken Dryden, Patrick Waugh, uh, uh, Larry Robinson. I mean, the list goes on and on, the number of Hall of Famers. Uh, and the history that comes with Montreal, thats you've heard about that. Could the Canadians use that mystique to pull themselves back into this series? Dominic Ducharme was back behind the bench. You knew that was going to be a lift for Montreal. You knew with their coach back with them for the first time in two weeks, he hasn't been behind the bench since game two of round number one against the Vegas Golden Knights. He's been in COVID protocol since then after testing positive so you knew that was going to give them a lift and it didn't matter and it didn't matter because when you score early and take the wind out of a team's sails and then you score again very quickly after they scored two goals in less than two minutes in the opening five minutes of the first period and all of a sudden Montreal's in scramble mode What just happened? What just hit us? We were supposed to come out and get the quick start, and here we are down 2-0. And both of those first goals, the first one comes from Jan Ruda, who I will remind you did not score a goal in the regular season, and yet here he is now with two goals in the postseason. And you want to talk about scoring them at, at key times. How about game number two against the Islanders in the semifinal round? And now here in game three of the Stanley Cup final, Jan Ruda's got two goals after not having any in the regular season. And then you get one from Victor Hedman, another goal from the defense, this time on the power play after Eric Stahl flipped the puck over the glass for the delay game penalty that gave Tampa Bay a rare power play. I, I, I've said facetiously a few times on some radio interviews here along the way uh, about the success that the Lightning's power play has had, but you can only have success if you get opportunities. Well, surprise, here we are in the final. They're not getting a top, ton of opportunities, but they get one early on what has to be an automatic call. It's a, it's a black and white call. Like the call or not, it's pretty straightforward. You flip the puck out of play from your defensive end it's an automatic penalty and credit to the lightning they took advantage of it so they get two goals from your defense early in the game but I'll tell you this on both of those goals there was one common element yeah the D has to get the shot through but on both of those goals just as John Cooper and the players have talked about heading into this series 
with Carey Price in net, you have to try and take away his eyes. And there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can park yourself in front and you can try and set up in front and, and establish your ice. But Montreal's defense, they're pretty big, strong defenders. You know, with Joel Edmondson and Shea Weber, you know, those guys can move bodies out of the way. So what you've seen that the Lightning have tried to do is these moving screens, right? Trying to arrive near the net right around the time a shot is coming. So on both of those first goals, that is exactly what happened. Especially on the, the Hedman goal, the power play goal. So Anthony Sorelli, who is on the top power play unit because Alex Kalorn is out and Kalorn did miss his second consecutive game here in game three. So Sorelli gets the nod to take over that spot, that net front presence, that down low puck retrieval presence on the power play. And Hedman gets the puck back and he waits for Sorelli to find his way towards the front of the net, sends a shot. First, the shot has to get through. But if you look at the way the the puck went through Carey Price, it's because he didn't get a clear view of it. Because Sorelli starts to arrive right around the time Hedman takes the shot, lo and behold, the puck trickles through. And all of a sudden, you've got a 2-0 lead, less than five minutes in the game, and Montreal was shell-shocked. They were shell-shocked. Now, they recovered. They get on the board. Philip Deneau. Scores on a two-on-one just after David Savard, of all people, was stopped on a shot from the the hash marks. Uh, led to a two-on-one the other way, and it's a good shot by Dano. Goes post, post, and in. So it wasn't a double deflection goal this time, but it kind of was. Either way, it's two-one after two periods. Canadians actually end up out shooting Tampa Bay. I think seventeen to twelve in the first period. But it's still a Tampa Bay lead. And then what happens after that? You want to talk about a team that has grown so much that understands moments and opportunities. Because guess what? They scored two more goals in the opening five minutes of the second period. And what was a 2-1 to game is now a 4-1 to game. You get a great play. To catch Montreal on a line change as Eric Chernak set a stretch pass up to Andre Palat for what was almost a clean 2-on-0. Palat's not able to kind of corral the puck right away. So it it wasn't a clean 2-on-0. But because Montreal's changing, they're still behind the play. He has enough time to track it down, collect it, and get it over to Nikita Kucherov. And you want to talk about a great play by Nikita Kucherov. Mention his hockey IQ many, many times. You've heard me talk about it. The way he thinks the game, the way he sees the game, the way he understands the game. How about in this situation? He's a left-handed shot on the right side of this 2-on-0. And instead of showing his forehand, trying to turn his hips... And turn the forehand and give the defender, who is coming off the bench at this point, an opportunity to get in the play. 
He keeps his backhand. He shows backhand to Andre Pilat. Pilat finds him. He's able to lift the puck up and over. Carey Price, it's 3-1. And then a short time after that, Tyler Johnson swoops in on another two-on-one opportunity, this time with Matthew Joseph. Matthew Joseph with the shot. Tyler Johnson finds the rebound, backhands it in. It's 4-1. So in the blink of an eye, Montreal, thinking they had an opportunity to get back in the game, all of a sudden they don't. Because there's that, if you want to call it a killer instinct, call it a killer instinct. It, it, it's, it's just an understanding of opportunities. And the Lightning understand the opportunity they had in this game We've seen this team twice in this postseason after getting 2-0 leads in the Florida series and then the Carolina series and not taking advantage of Game 3. Losing Game 3 both times in overtime. Blow a two-goal lead in the third period against Florida in Game number 3. And then had to claw back to get into the game against Carolina 2-2 before losing on a power play goal in overtime there. So both of those series went to 2-1. Eventually, the Lightning win game 4-3-1. They beat the Panthers in 6. They beat the Hurricanes in 5. This is a different animal. Deeper into the series, it's an understanding. And let's face it, this Lightning team is better than Montreal. You can talk about Montreal's magical run. Cinderella, they're a great story, getting back to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 1993, have an opportunity to become the first Canadian-based franchise to win since 1993. You know, Ottawa's been to a Cup Final, Calgary's been to a Cup Final, Edmonton's been to a Cup Final, Vancouver has been to a Cup Final, but Montreal was the last one to do it in 1993, so there's There's this great storyline. A Montreal team that finished 18th in the league standings. They were the 16th ranked playoff team. Maybe there's a reason they're the 16th ranked playoff team. Maybe there's a reason they finished the regular season with the 18th most points. Granted, a weird year. A strange year. Just 56 games, all within your division. The Canadian division, of course, was just seven teams. Everybody else was eight. So you ended up playing some teams nine or ten times. But at the end of the day, they were the last ranked playoff team. And you're facing the defending champs. And all you got to do is look on paper and understand on paper, if you matched everything up, the difference between the Lightning and the Canadians is a massive gap. I'm not big into predictive models. I know some are. Analytics part. You know, there were many of those uh, series predictor things that had Tampa Bay with a 75% chance to win this series based on all the predictive models. And there's a reason for that. Now, I will say... That in each of the first three rounds for Montreal, I, I'm I'm confident in saying they had no better than a 35% chance in some of those predictive models to win the series. So they just didn't they didn't you know 
they overcame that. That's why I don't put a whole lot of stock into predictive models. But those predictive models, they do base on information. You know, and the game's never played on paper. No matter what sport it is, it's always played out on the field of play, whether it's a pitch, whether it's ice, whether it's the gridiron, a diamond, whatever it is, court. So it's never played out on paper. But there's a reason why so many of these predictive models had Tampa Bay heavily, heavily favored. Because they're just better. The equalizer is Carey Price. But the Lightning have somebody to equalize that. And Andre Vasilevsky. Because Andre Vasilevsky didn't have his best night in Game 3. But he didn't have to. And most nights in these playoffs, he's been really, really good. Tonight, his offense provided him a cushion to where he didn't have to be at his sharpest. You know, the first goal was a great shot by Deneau. Rattles off two posts and go in. He wants the second one back by Nick Suzuki late in the second period. Uh, he, he lost track of the puck in some capacity, and he didn't have the ice sealed. It went under his pad. He, that, that's a goal he's never, well, can't say never because he did. But 99 out of 100 times, he's not going to let in that goal. And then the last one was just a really good shot by Corey Perry. But again, at that point, it's a 5-2 game that makes it 5-3 with about three minutes to go. Again, his offense gave him the cushion. You know, and look, Montreal plays hard. They check. They've got some big defensemen. They don't have the skill. They don't have the depth. And that's how you're able to get now to a 3-0 series lead. And I said it after Tampa Bay won game two. Montreal might not have been able to play any better than they did in game number two. And they lost. Tonight... In game three, they put three pucks behind Andre Vasilevsky and they lost by three. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. So you can see this sort of battle, this uphill battle that Montreal had just going into the start of the series. You know, when Tampa Bay won the first game 5-1, to one, all right, it's a feel-out process. Two teams hadn't seen each other since March. Since March. There's a lot different personnel on the Montreal side. Okay, Tampa Bay is pretty much the same. A few differences, you know, specifically back on defense. So you get a feel-out process in game one. Game two, Montreal came to play. They took advantage of, they dominated period two of game number two, and they were outscored two to one. So you can just see the the difference here, the gap in teams. And I'm not predicting anything for game four on Monday. But I can tell you the sweeps in the Stanley Cup final, A, it's never happened in the cap era. And it hasn't even happened since 1998 when the Red Wings, in their back-to-back years, 
swept the Washington Capitals led by Ole Kolzig. That was the last time there was a sweep in the Stanley Cup final. And there's a reason for that because this is the age of parity. This is the age where the salary cap is supposed to help spread out some of the talent to give smaller, quote-unquote, smaller market teams a little bit more of a level playing field, spread the talent out. And there's a ton of talent in this league. The, the, the skill, the, the number of caliber, NHL caliber players has never been deeper in the history of the NHL. This is the golden age of players for the National Hockey League. So there's a reason why you haven't seen lopsided results in a Stanley Cup final. Because the teams are are pretty closely matched for the most part. You know, you and flute things can happen. I mean, look, both of Montreal's first two goals in the series were flute goals. The double deflection on Ben Sherratt's goal in game one. Another double deflection on Suzuki's goal in game two. They didn't end up being a difference in the game, but they can. Sometimes they can. And yet here we are talking about a Lightning team on the verge of doing something special, something rare, certainly in the cap era, now holding a 3-0 series lead because they just have dominant players. You know, you've heard people now saying, because there's a lot of people who haven't paid attention to the Lightning all year. Some of that, especially in Canada, is because I don't think many in the Canadian market, fans or media, paid much attention to what was going on outside the Canadian division this year. But you have a a third defensive pairing, and I, I saw a few people say it tonight. Man, the Lightning have a third defensive pairing and Mikhail Sergachev and David Savard. That's just sick. That just tells you the depth that they have. And, and think about this. <clears throat> They've outscored Montreal in this series 14-5. to You have goals from Steven Stamkos, from Nikita Kucherov, from Andre Palat, Jan Ruda, Blake Coleman, Victor Hedman, Tyler Johnson. You haven't even gotten a goal out of Braden Point in this series. And he's got 14 goals in the playoffs, and he hasn't scored one of the first three games of the series, and the Lightning are up 3 nothing. Yeah, they've, you know, Nikita Kucherov has scored three goals, right? Tyler Johnson gets a pair tonight in a fourth-line role. He was back on the fourth line tonight. So the Lightning have scored 14 goals through three games of this series, and not one of them has been scored by Braden Point, and they're up 3 nothing. I mean, if you're Montreal, how are you, what are you sitting here thinking right now? What's your mindset? Knowing that you threw everything at Tampa Bay in game number two. Knowing that you scored three on Andre Vasilevsky, something he hadn't done in regulation. I think you could go back to the Carolina series. The last time he gave up three goals in a regulation time. Islanders scored three in the overtime game in game six. So they get three on Andre Vasilevsky and they get doubled up. 
and you know you're going to hear uh, hear and see a lot of the narrative of Carey Price and how Carey Price has to be better, and that's probably not inaccurate. But I don't know the exact number, so I'm paraphrasing the stat that I saw here as I talked to you. In round one against Toronto, when they came back from down 3-1 in the series, I want to say Carey Price's save percentage was around 933, 935, somewhere in that range. In the four-game sweep against Winnipeg, his save percentage was in the 940s. In round three against Vegas, his save percentage was around 930 in the 930 range. In here in this series, it's about 860. And you can sit here and say, boy, Carey Price has to be better. But maybe he's just facing a team he can't stop. Because I said it going into this series that there are many teams who might go up against the Montreal Canadiens. And before they step on the ice, the goaltender's in their head. Carey Price is already in their head. He's intimidated them before they step on the ice. The Lightning are not intimidated by Carey Price because they have a track record of success against him. Yes, they beat him in 2015. Yes, they had a 3-0 series lead against him in 2015. But look at the regular season success Tampa Bay's had against Carey Price. Now, there's a difference. You know, we've heard it. Playoff Price. That's a playoff price save. So he, he can elevate his game in the postseason, and he's certainly done that here. But the Lightning have no fear of Carey Price. And they're showing it. So that's how you end up here as we talk with Tampa Bay holding a 3-0 series lead in the Stanley Cup Final, the first team to take a 3-0 series lead, I think since that Detroit team swept the Capitals. That's how rare this moment is, and I, and I think a lot of it is just because of the disparity between the two teams. And, and here now you have Tampa Bay on the verge of doing something very, very special. And I hope you take this in. But I will also caution you, don't get ahead of yourselves. Don't go on social media. Ah, we're going to sweep. We're going to sweep. Also, don't go on social media and saying, boy, I hope the Lightning lose game four so we can get a game five back here at Amelie Arena. I want to see the cup presented in person. Yeah, you'd love to see that, right? You'd love to see that. But I'm telling you, the players are not going to have that mindset. They understand there's a game to come on Monday. There's an opportunity in front of them. They are not going to just let it slip away because they hope they can come back to Tampa, play a game five on Amelie Arena Ice, and win the cup at home. Nothing is given. Everything has to be earned. And the Lightning are going to have to earn this one too. So to suggest that maybe, perhaps, it'd be better if they just lost game four, bring it home for game five, no. Erase that mindset, let it go, go out and play your game on Monday because that's what the Lightning are going to do. They're going to go out and play their game, and they're going to give themselves a chance to win. Does that mean they will? No. Nothing is guaranteed and nothing is promised. Everything has to be earned. And the Lightning have earned, for the most part, their spot here in the final and their potential spot in history. 
that's what they have. An opportunity to put themselves in the history books. It's amazing to sit here and think. And look, go on my website. I wrote this the night they were swept by Columbus. That the scar would never go away. But it could lead. Short-term pain can lead to long-term gain. And it's amazing the difference in this team from 2019 to now here we are, 2021, one game away from a back-to-back championship and the legacy of this franchise, the legacy of this core group, the legacy of this coaching staff, the legacy for a majority of this management staff is right in front of them. And they understand that. So we're going to look ahead to game four on Monday, a couple of days here for the Lightning to catch their breath. A couple of days for Montreal to try and game plan, of course. But two days from now, as I'm recording this, I don't know when you're listening to it. You're listening to it on Saturday, probably Sunday, maybe Monday. I don't know. But Monday night, the Lightning will be ready. And, I, you know, I said this. Uh, with with uh, Ian Beckles and Jay Retcher about what I felt the Lightning had to do in Game 3. And I felt that they just had to treat Game 2 like it was a loss. Right? We know their record, how well they perform, how well they respond after a loss. And let's face it, the way they played in Game 2, they probably deserved to lose. So if they had that mentality and came back and responded to it, again, that's the maturation of this team to understand, all right, what went wrong and how do we fix it? Even though they won the game, they weren't going to fool themselves. What went wrong and how do we fix it? They figured out what went wrong, they fixed it, they put that game plan together, and they won the game. And, you know, playoffs or tennis matches, they go back and forth, adjustments here, adjustments there, all that stuff. And now the Lightning have to take advantage of these couple of days. They're not going to be able to do much. They're stuck in their hotel rooms, can't go out, can't have a team meal. So they're going to have to take advantage of these opportunities just to rest. Maybe Alex Kalorn is ready for game four. We'll see. A couple of days off, maybe that helps him. But just regroup. Know what you have to do and take care of business and let the chips fall where they may. So don't don't sit here and think that you want to be you want to be in attendance when the cup is awarded. I get that. I totally understand that. I was fortunate enough in 2004 to be in the building. I know there were 22,000 other people in the building as well that night when the cup was awarded, and it was really special to see that happen. But you can't guarantee it. You never know what can happen. Hockey can be a random game. It's one of the rare leagues where a team can be down 3-0 in a best-of-seven series and win. It doesn't happen very often, but we have seen it happen somewhat recently, right? Bruins in 2010, the Kings in, I don't know if it was 12 or 14, they did it to San Jose. So it can be done. So just, you should be, you should be like anything else. I don't care how or when. You want them to win it, right? That's all you want. So 
Enjoy the 4th of July weekend. Please be safe. Take care of yourself. Be weather aware, especially with a storm potentially heading this way in the early part of next week. Uh, Be on your guard. Everything else, I'd like to be back at it on Monday in Game 4 with a chance with the cup in the building for a chance for it to be awarded on Monday night. All right, before we go, please remember to take care of our sponsor at Smack Apparel, smackapparel.com. Use the code BOLTS21 for 21% off any order. That's BOLTS21 at smackapparel.com. Check them out. They're a Tampa-owned business. Support them. They help support us. All right, so until Monday after game number four, I am Eric Rollinson. This is the LightningInsider.com podcast. We'll talk soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.